Hello, and welcome to an intro to Anthro with two humans. I'm human number one, John McRae. And I'm human number two, John Lear. And this is the podcast where we reassess what it means to be human. And the title of today's episode is Heavy Petting, Human's Love Affair with Cats and Dogs. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, so, John, <laughs> I know you have dogs, right? I have, have one. A... Yeah, I, uh, as you know, I lost my uh, my big guy last year, Diesel, 130-pound yeah. yeah. uh, Alaskan Malamute. <laughs> oh, it's wow. like living with a bear. Uh, wow. But I still, <clears throat> I still have my... Perhaps the dumbest dog I've ever owned, a uh, uh, but but sweet as hell, a yeah. Earl who is yeah. a, uh, uh, a what do you call it? A golden. He's golden and something else. Okay. Well, I always say, you know, don't don't. We, who are we to judge when it comes well, to Earl? Listen, <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> I always <laughs> like whenever people talk about like that dog is it's like, well, come on, You're like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody saying that same thing about us, right? Now. Well, he—I always say Earl's so dumb. He—he's dumber than I am, and that's saying something. <laughs> Have you? Uh, you were a cat person, right? Yeah, I still am, but I live in Coyote Country, right here off the park, and I have. Yeah. Two kids who, even as teenagers, uh, fail miserably at keeping doors closed. So cats don't live long out here. Uh, so oh, I thought you meant like the coyotes would come into the living room. Oh, no. Like they, they I, well, I would not be surprised. We had a raccoon in our kitchen once, uh, but that's oh, the... Oh, uh, God. Yeah, and they're they're disgusting creatures. My God, they smell. And they're, yeah. this one was big. And he just How walked in the kitchen. Long enough to open the uh, closet and get into the dog food. Oh God! Yeah, oh. and then he waddled <laughs> out of there right through the doggy door. You could wake <laughs> up with that thing in bed with you. Oh God! <laughs> like, just like you just roll over and you think it's oh. a roller. It's just a my my favorite dog. Uh, I think you know this story, but my favorite dog, Billy, years ago. Uh, got skunked in the backyard and came in <laughs> at like three in the morning and jumped in bed with us. And Jennifer, oh. my wife, just screamed bloody murder, got up in her underwear, got in her car and drove away. <laughs> <laughs> That's about all you can do. That's about all you can do. <laughs> Uh, who did you, you had Shecky. You had Shecky yes. in Chicago. That was Shecky your cat. That was when you yeah. had your you had a pack of cats. You had all those white yeah. cats. Oh, most God. of them were deaf. Yeah, I had How six cats. Six. six. <laughs> Jesus, in, one in a little apartment. one bedroom apartment. And then when you'd go out of town, I'd have to go feed them. Yeah, and that yeah. was scary going into that. It was like you were outnumbered, and they were all just <laughs> staring at me, looking at me like a ch- I'm a chicken leg or something. Yeah, yeah. God knows. I think that may have been the lowest point of my life. Like yeah. when, when I was I was getting sober, I quit yeah. drugs, I quit smoking, yeah. I gotten out of a tumultuous relationship. Yeah. And it was just me in there losing my mind with six cats staring at me. We were both that was that was tough times for both of us. I yeah. would come up we were so broke, I'd come over there and you'd make some pasta concoction out of cheese and <laughs> Yeah. Oh. <laughs> just trying to stay alive. Just yeah. Stay alive. <laughs> just surviving. Uh, 
but you know, Mary, when uh, I met Mary, Mary's family has always, they've always been dog people. Yeah. So when we were in LA, we, we got Franz who great is like doggy. a, yeah, he's like, Franz a, is great. A dachshund schnauzer cocker mix. He got him <laughs> from a shelter. <laughs> and, uh, and then when we got out here in, uh, we were living up near Santa Fe, we got Bianca, who's just a complete mm-hmm. mutt. And she's a yes. be- be- wonderful dog, too. Yeah, they're both great dogs. Franz is yeah. a little, getting a little long in the tooth. <laughs> yeah. And I'm really concerned is. about you <laughs> when uh, Franz finally goes, because I know oh, he's your baby. It's going to so, be awful. He's, yeah. He's my buddy. He's been everywhere I know. with me out here. I, I so. know. I may have to come out there when he goes down. Yeah. He uh he has dementia right now, yeah. so he doesn't know if he's indoors or outdoors. So oh. he could go out and be outside for thirty minutes, and then when you let him in, suddenly he, <laughs> he thinks he's outside and, and just goes to, to the bathroom right there. Yeah. yeah. So he's in a diaper. Uh, I'm trying to pay it forward. I know that at some point I'm going to be in the same situation. Yeah. Like, Where am I? Who are That's you? That's right. I don't. Yeah, but um, it won't be Franz. It'll be some <laughs> yeah. some county nurse I s- assign you to. <laughs> just just put a sock in my mouth and put me out in the wheelchair out in the backyard. You won't know. Go back. You won't know the yeah, difference. I won't know. For all I know, call- I'm I'm on the French Riviera. You know, it's like You're just like just like Franz. You don't know where you are. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's really a large part of our day now is just picking up poop. that's how it always ends it always ends diesel couldn't get up on his back leg he had the the hips go out and yeah sad it's sad how it's not pleasant yeah go out and uh you know i will say that i'm really dreading when both of them finally go i think it's such a sad thing you become so attached to them well my here's my plan for you (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I think as soon as franz goes down we get another one in there we keep you, you think guys so? on yes i yeah, absolutely really. do the two of you and mary yes you guys oh. got to keep the conveyor belt going i'm telling you <laughs> it's the only way and everybody says no no it'll be nice not have yeah. to take care of him no no it's not <laughs> nice what's nice is having a dog around yeah i'm telling you we- which I'll bring Earl. Is, I'll give you Earl. You can. No, have Earl. No, oh no, no! I've heard about him. I've heard about his. <laughs> he's, he's the thing about Earl though is he's a. Yeah, he's stupid, but he's a love bug. All he wants really? to do is love. Yep. Oh, that's that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what more can you ask for? But right, but that's exactly. kind of what got me thinking about this show. The topic of this show is like, yeah. uh, why. Why do we have pets? Why do humans keep pets? Um, What do we get from it? I mean, of course, there's, I guess, companionship or something you get from them for for a while. But at the end, you know... uh, It's heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah. Why why are we adding more more heartbreak? I'm assuming that initially it was because we needed them for, you know, help. They they provided services. The cats kept the mice away. The dogs yeah. protected us from other predators, but something's changed <laughs> over the <laughs> yeah. thousands of years, and now we're taking care of them. 
Right. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they, I don't know who's smarter with that. But, <laughs> um, but I thought we could take a look today about pets, particularly, because I mean, mm. yeah, we have relationships with other animals, but really we're talking about these pet relationships. Yeah, we sure are. And, you know, there's some debate about, you know, whether other animals, like you'll see online, some videos of like chimps or gorillas who have have bonded with puppies or kittens, for example. Yeah, and, until they and so, get hungry and just rip their heads <laughs> off or something. Yeah, yeah it because it never uh, ends well for those pets. <laughs> yeah, that's what some of the you know the people who are like, well, I don't know, maybe they're just bonding for a time being. It doesn't really yeah. seem like they're taking care of the pet. You yeah. know what I mean? They're more like mini refrigerators. They're just keeping <laughs> the the flesh. <laughs> For later right. for a snack. Uh, but I, I think it's safe to say that humans definitely keep pets or what we consider to be pets. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea is, well, what do we mean by a pet? And in her book, Pets in America, uh, the writer Catherine Greer says that the word pet itself probably comes from the root word that gives us in French petit, the same root word of P-E-T-I-T. And the word pet was first used in the 1500s to mean an indulged or spoiled child. Ah, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I just worked with a a couple uh, where they have a little tiny dog and they, it's unbelievable. They treat that thing like like their baby. Yeah. (laughs) That dog. And the dog is elderly. And yeah. it, it, it's like most of its teeth are gone. It's a little tiny. It's like a three pound dog, you know, yeah. but it's got its tongue just constantly hanging out. Like it can't <laughs> control its tongue. It's pretty cute. So they brought it to work. I mean, is oh, that, yeah. it was they bring it everywhere, <clears throat> everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> and they talk about it. They talk to it. Really? One of them always has it on them. Yeah. It's amazing. Was he, did he, did you? Were you attracted to him, bonded to him, or did oh, you? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I've never met a dog I don't like. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if you watch British mysteries, like on BritBox or or anything. Yes, but there's, yes. There's that show Vera, which is a British mm. mystery, and she's a detective yeah. up in Northumberland. But she uses that term "pet" all the time. Like there are still places, I guess, in England where people still use "pet" to mean like referring to people. You know, mm. so she'll say Hello, when she's inter- yeah, when she's interrogating someone, she'll be like, "Well, you knew what you were doing, didn't you, pet, or something?" You oh. know. Oh, I like that. I might take that on. That'll be like my thing. <laughs> uh, and so, Greer says that in the 1600s, the word "pet" was used for animals that had been tamed for companionship or pleasure, mm-hmm. and it was especially used for orphaned lambs. So what? whenever when you, people were raising, like shepherds were raising lambs and the mother lamb or mother sheep had died. Yeah. Uh, and you would have to hand feed and hand raise the orphan lamb. And people but started you, to refer to them as pets. But ultimately you'd slaughter the lamb, right? Yeah. You're not keeping yeah. that lamb around forever like a little pig. No, I yeah, I don't those, think so. I don't think they have do. pet pig pets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and in 1828, the Webster's Dictionary actually defined pet as a lamb brought up by hand or any little animal fondled 
and in, indulged. Fondled? <laughs> so, why, why, why do they have to say yeah. fondled? Well, I don't it, know. In the 1600s, pet also became a verb, which uh, related to like actually stroking or fondling wow. an animal. It's so amazing. But it, I, I felt that I figured that that came first, the right. petting, but no, interesting. Yeah. And it wasn't until the 19, early 1900s that to pet became a slang term for sexual foreplay. Now <laughs> <laughs> you got my attention. <laughs> Well, I'm like early 1900s. That seems late to me. Like yeah, I, maybe I thought people were a little more, I don't know, promiscuous or something, but it seems uh, like it was all just like, you know, you just follow what you do. You follow your programming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Greer also notes that in the uh, 18th century, people usually referred to pet animals as favorites. Like that's hmm. my favorite. Okay, I like that. And yeah, and she says that this really refers to the the fundamental characteristic of keeping pets, and that is uh, the act of choosing a particular animal and differentiating it from all other animals. Yes, you anthropomorphize it. You you it's yours. Right. You know everything about it. It's, it becomes very special. Yeah, yeah, like you're singling it out. So. Mm -hmm. This Uh, one's mine. Yeah. And then she says that uh, the words pet and favorite are, quote, based on human perception, meaning that no people, no pets. So Mm -hmm. really, it's us that are distinguishing what that animal, that that animal is special. Like people are the ones that are making the choice. Yes. Right. And uh, it makes sense. And she says also that that, you know, draws attention to proximity and the importance of touch which we've already kind of, mm, yeah. you know, talked about. Like it's, uh, it's the ongoing care of the animal. Mm-hmm. So, which my children do not take. Nobody feeds my dog. <laughs> nobody walks him but me. And then they're like, really? "Why does he always hang out with you?" And I'm like, yeah. what, what the hell, you idiots?" Because I do everything. Yeah, they, yeah I they think want that's that. a good lesson for people when they get a pet. Yeah. yeah. You know. They always get mad, like if the pet goes with somebody. It's like, well, that's you know, they're, they're the ones doing the work. <laughs> yeah, put some time in. I think you could use that in other aspects of your life. Yeah, other exactly. <laughs> my know. kids could start. Maybe I should be more like like Earl, just not give my yeah. kids any attention unless they feed or water me. <laughs> be like, well, why don't they ever call me back? It's like, well, <laughs> well you know, maybe you need to put in a little bit. Yeah. Of, yeah, and a little bit of work. Uh, in his book, Man in the Natural World, Keith Thomas uh, writes that there were three particular features that distinguish pets from other animals beginning in the 15 and 1600s. And the first one was that the pet was allowed in the house. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. the threshold, isn't it? That's yeah. when, it, when it becomes a pet, when you let it inside. Because we <laughs> we had an episode on rats, and our relationship yeah. with rats is if they come inside, they die, basically. Right. right. You know, yeah. that's, the, that's the arrangement. Uh, yeah. If we see you or if you interfere with us at all, yeah. then we must kill you. You can but, stay outside. You can yeah, stay outside. You do whatever you want as long as I don't see it. But you yeah. come in my home and forget about it. But with pets, but like- it's the opposite. 
Yeah, we've chosen them and said, okay, come on in. You can come on. <laughs> you're you're yeah. okay. Yeah. But there's those pets that kind of walk the line like a pet rat. You know, P- people who yeah. have pet rats, they they swear by them. They're like, they're the yeah. best pet, pets ever. Or um, oh, what are those things that were like minks that people would have? Yeah. Running oh, around their yeah, house? yeah. Ferrets. Not a chinchilla, a ferret. A ferret. Yeah. A ferret. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's, uh-uh. No. I love animals, but I don't want a ferret yeah. running around my kitchen cabinets. Yeah. But I think Although, it's... Yo, go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. go ahead. No, I think it's the choice. I mean, it, like if you make the choice that the the rat, like right. you don't want a wild rat in your house, but you, you, you want say like, okay, I'm choosing this as my pet. That rat. Therefore, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We had a bearded dragon. Uh, remember that that pet? <laughs> and and my my daughter when she was like five started saying, "I want a bearded dragon. I want a bearded dragon." And the pet store had one, and I bought it. What Not realizing they? they're a lizard. They're super, okay. I, I fell in love with it. I fell in yeah. love because she, of course she never took care of it. Nobody took care of it, but me. And that thing would never move at all. It was just, <laughs> every, unless you put crickets in there and then that thing would <laughs> and eat it all up. But it was so prehistoric looking and so yeah. cool looking. It's like a, it's yeah. a lizard with like, Oh my God, I love that thing. And then we'll he died, and yeah. I went in to get him, to bury him, and he moved again. He flipped back <laughs> over. He wasn't dead. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And then later, he finally did die. <laughs> How often did that happen? <laughs> it's like every morning, like, oh, God. I... <laughs> but he was on his back. I'd never seen him yeah. on his back like that, and he wasn't moving at all. And I poked him, and then I got him out. And then all of a sudden, he flipped over and was like, no, 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 not yet, not yet. It's like, all right, all right, all right. Sorry. <laughs> They've evolved. That happens all the time to all bearded dragons. People think they're dead and want to flush them. Uh, I remember my grandfather, uh, they, they had an indoor dog. My grandparents had it down in Parsons, Kansas. Had an indoor dog on the farm and an outdoor dog on the farm. Oh, and, boy. Yeah. And so I cricket, bad. cricket, my grandma's dog, which was a... Australian Silky was always the indoor dog. It was just like pampered. Hello. Yeah. I'm and Cricket. Then, yeah. And cricket Elmer. hungry. Cricket hung hung. Yeah. Mommy. <laughs> Meanwhile, who did you have outside? Who'd they have? El- Elmer. Just like Elmer, they, of Elmer course. Was what the, the fuck? Yeah. Why yeah. am I out here? Cricket's in there. <laughs> yeah. He's got like and flies the- in his eyes and ticks and like, oh. He was always out there, like he would go get water moccasins and like, you know, <laughs> bite them and kill them and stuff. He was always sick. And then oh. as soon as my grandma would go out of town to go like visit like her kids, Elmer was in the house. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Elmer grandpa let there. Elmer in. Yeah. 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 Come on in, Elmer. What? <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. What's this? It's a rug. Oh my God. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Get up there in that uh, on the couch, you know. What, <laughs> what? seriously? I can do that. <laughs> uh, the second feature that Thomas says about pets, uh, was that pets were given an individual personal name, yes. So, and that's if you don't and, name them, they're not a pet, right? And mm-hmm. the thing is, people historically had always given like their horses or their dogs names. But they were always just like little short names that you could yell at the dog, mm-hmm. like, yeah. like boy or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Brown, brownie. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the thing is, once you began to dote more on your pet, yes. then the, the chances are you would give them a human name. Mm-hmm. So that's what Thomas is. My first about. dog was named Rain Cloud. Yeah. She was black and they named her Rain <laughs> yeah. Cloud. Then we got a cat who was a calico. We named her Sunshine. I always thought that was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mom. Place. Those That was my mom's doing. Really? Yeah. But our yeah, very remember. first cat, who was already old by the time I became sentient, was... Uh, Picalit, which according to my mom was Norwegian for little cat, but I've later tested that theory and they're like, no, no, it doesn't mean anything. Did you throw that out in Norway? Like, yeah. Oh, I was like, hey, I had a cat named Picalit. And they looked at me like, what does that mean? <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was like, maybe it was like I, some old Norwegian or something, that or, or the Kansas pronunciation. <laughs> you know. Uh, apparently, there was a time when uh, Christian moralists thought that uh, people shouldn't give Christian names to animals. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, coming from their point of view, I get that. Yeah, yeah, because they like to have that delineation between, like. There was a, a hierarchy in yes, creation, boy. and humans were up top. And if you the named the dogs, <laughs> yeah, they loved that hierarchy, didn't they? they yeah. The Christians love the hierarchy. And uh, yeah, if you named your your dog like um, you know Reggie, <laughs> something it would like blur the lines in that, you know. And then finally, the a pet was never eaten. Which not, not unless it came down to it. <laughs> yeah. I've always said to my kids, look, <laughs> if there's a zombie apocalypse, yeah, Earl yeah. is gonna be, you know, putting this slow cooker. <laughs> it's uh yeah, I think that's probably the same with everybody. Yeah, it's not yeah. just a pet. I think it's yeah. even humans probably yeah. <laughs> like, well, you know, when it comes down to it, we're uh we're not going to eat you, but you know. Who would you eat first, me or Franz? And be honest. I don't know. If if I'm going to actually morally have to live with that guilt forever, mm. I think I'd rather get the more bang for the buck and go with you. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's I more mean, meat. you're already guilty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's more meat on my bones. Might as well get a couple of dinners out of it. <laughs> yeah. It's just oh. it's sunk cost analysis or whatever. I don't know. I, just, I, I've just, already made it. So I'm made just it. imagining me and Franz both duct taped to chairs and you <laughs> sitting there kind of trying to figure out what to do. With a recipe book or something. <laughs> uh, so then, you know, we get to where do dogs and cats fit into this uh, transition from animals to pets? Mm. And historically, what they think is uh, our relationship with dogs begins somewhere between 20,000 and 30,000 years ago. Wow. That is a long ass time. ago. I mean, not in the scheme of things, but Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely by 15,000 years ago, we have steady, conclusive evidence of humans and dogs living together. Mm hmm. And mm-hmm. in the and book, got the, I, weren't the Egyptians the ones first with the cats or is that just kind of, yeah, a, yeah, it was, yeah. it really was. Wow. I'm sure you're yeah. to we'll it. Get, sorry. We'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that. Sorry. As per right. usual, I always jump <laughs> ahead. I'm the student. I'm the student who's flipping the pages and seeing oh. where we're going. Oh, I know students like you. <laughs> <laughs> right up front. 
right up front, always finishing yeah, my sins. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> so uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Hang on. Okay. We're, we're, all right. We're all on right. A, we're right. on a voyage. I, we're on. I a gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, in the book, A Dog's History of the World, Laura Hobgood Oster talks about a cave in France called Chauvet Cave. And there are footprints of a child in that cave with a, a wolf or a dog walking next to them. Whoa. And that, and that goes back to probably 26,000 years ago. What's the deal with all these caves in France that have <laughs> archaeological? What's up with France and caves? I don't and, know. And archaeological, because this is you brought up a couple of them, right? What's that, uh, yeah. that famous one that we were talking about? That, yeah, uh, Lascaux is the one with all yeah. the paintings. And then uh, there was the, the one that possibly a man wearing a condom. <laughs> I don't know. It's Jesus. still looking for that. So much crazy shit going on in caves in France. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, Pat Shipman in her book, Our, Our Oldest Companion, says that the gray wolf, or Canis lupus, evolved in Eurasia about 800,000 years ago. Eurasia? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you see a lot of, uh, you see people out here in LA who've got half wolves and stuff. Oh. And oh. whenever they say, and they're very proud. Oh yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's three parts wolf or whatever. And you look at him and you're like, that's not a pet. <laughs> yeah he's yeah. nice to you but that's uh-uh. yeah you can yeah. see it in him they're not you're gonna he's just out. waiting he's yeah. just waiting so. don't don't sleep with him at night all right <laughs> <laughs> uh have you ever been to a wolf sanctuary have you Never. ever done that? i'd love or? to check it out but I'm, I'm scared i mean wolves are man yeah yeah badass we motherfuckers went- uh, Mary's dad took us to one when they were living in Pennsylvania. We went to one and you don't realize how huge yeah. wolves are. They yeah, are big. enormous. Yeah. Enormous. Yeah. They're big. They're big. And I love big dogs. I love yeah. myself a big dog. I know you're, you're more of a lap dog guy, <laughs> you know, you're smaller dogs. Yeah. Smaller your dogs, dogs, your dogs have stuff. They're a little bit bigger than your lap. Right. They're right. not they're not like poodles or something. You've right. got like hardy dogs, but you know, they're yeah. they're uh yeah, medium sized, let's put compact. They're they're not like diesel. Diesel Diesel. <laughs> oh my god, he yeah. was amazing. It changes your life to live with a creature that size, you know. Did you uh was he you adopted he was already a few years you didn't have him from a puppy. You, right, you right. adopted he was, him, he was already we huge. think he was, we think he was about three or four years old when we got him. Oh, such a sweetheart. Yeah. yeah. He just he was like a rug. The kids would just sleep on him <laughs> like a bed. <laughs> uh so Neanderthals, if we remember, evolved about four hundred thousand years ago, and then humans, modern humans came along about two hundred thousand years ago. So there was actually wolves have been around longer than us. So we've there has never been a time for humans when when there weren't wolves there. So wow. It's like uh, sharks. They're just they just e- they just evolved into this machine that just works well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But it and I don't know if maybe that probably from an evolutionary standpoint, we were probably always afraid of wolves because wolves were always there and were always like, you know, more ferocious than we were at least in the in the beginning. Absolutely. Because it's not one on one. It's 20 on one. You know, they're out there, you know, and they work together. Jesus. 
And uh, Shipman says that, you know, the dogs that we're associating with humor, what we call dogs at that time, were probably more kind of like a combination of a, a wolf dog. It wasn't really full dog yet, but yet it was also, it was missing certain traits mm-hmm. that, that wolves had. <clears throat> yeah. And she calls this dogginess. Like what makes a, a dog a dog? What essential characteristics mm-hmm. make a dog a dog? And loyalty. She, loyalty. That's number one. Uh, yeah, that's one of them. Because she says there's certain what some of the essential characteristics of dogginess, she says, are to be part of and communicate with a group that includes humans. Mm-hmm. So there's something mm-hmm. about more than like you were talking about it already, like with a wolf, it's kind of like looking at like the owner of like, hey, man, <laughs> you know, anytime, you know, I could just jump up and take your throat you out take or something. You out. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that's that's the knock hmm. on pit bulls, you know, is that they, they yeah. have this aggression that's been bred into them and some and, you know, they, they have a, yeah. they've had a hard time pit bulls, but. But they still, uh, you know, that at least that's the knock on them, that they still have this trait. Right. You know, right. Where they can just lock down on you and not let go. I know I'm going to get a lot of stuff from pit bull owners. I love pit bulls. I'm just saying oh, I that's the too. knock on them. <clears throat> but but we're talking about just the prehistoric dogs or yes. wolf dogs at that time. We're yes. talking about them. What the and hell do they look like, you think? They look like wolves? <laughs> What were they They've bred noticed... with that made him a wolf dog? Like, what were they like a like a hyena kind of thing, or like what what did they crossbreed them, or did they, was it just a matter of breeding the good? This puppy's nice, so we're gonna right. breed him with this puppy that's nice. Exactly, because okay. they were still wolves at that right. time. I they mean, just, it was, but they, the... they were picking the ones that were the nicest, the easiest. Right. to... Uh huh. Wow. It and what they they've discovered through recent genetic research, and Shipman talks about it, is that in humans there's a, a condition called Williams-Boyron syndrome, and w- Williams-Boyron syndrome affects like 27 particular genes, and there are certain physical characteristics and mental characteristics and learning characteristics that are affected by Williams-Boyron syndrome. But one thing that they found is William Boy- people that have William Boyron syndrome in humans are very social. Almost mm, to that's the point me. Like they'll- <laughs> I'm William Boyerson. <laughs> yeah. I've they, never heard uh, that term. They have a lack of shyness and they'll go up and try to make friends and bond with everybody. That's I, just actually, one of the that's not me. That's not me. I like to <laughs> think I'm that, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm over sitting in a corner with you going, look at that guy. <laughs> so, he hates us. Yeah. <laughs> so remarkably, what they found is that dogs, domestic dogs, when they did DNA analysis on them, researchers also found that they uh, six of those same genes that affect people with mm. William Boyron syndrome in humans also affect dogs. So in other words, there's a genetic, they think that there's a genetic reason why domestic dogs and like wolves at that time were genetically predisposed to being uh, a dog know, attached to humans. Yeah. Or, or like att- being more social. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And now Richard why, why, the- it, what, killed, what blows me away is why would that trait I mean, is it just by accident? Like, why was that trait built in into the sequence anyway? Like, why was it even there? Was it was it just a matter of 
accident or interesting? I think it's just like any other evolutionary trait. It was a, a mutation or like certain dogs had more of that, you know, mm. more of that uh, kind of social DNA. And yep. probably it, those were the dogs that would come up closer to camps, human camps. And over time, those hmm. those were bred and more and more and more. And now here we go with the dog show with all those crazy <laughs> breeds we've got. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no mother nature's making those dogs. Right. You see those right. dogs prancing around. You're like, Jesus, you have no purpose whatsoever. Human beings run wild. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of variation. A oh, lot of my variation God. Uh, but they, what they think is that, you know, so you have some dogs that were or some wolves that were genetically predisposed to getting up closer to humans. Mm. And then probably over time, humans started seeing that, hey, this is kind of a good thing. Like you talked about already. They can help us hunt. Mm-hmm. They can, uh, you know, they can like Protect warn us, us if somebody yeah. is coming up at night. Mm-hmm. Uh and so over over time, and dogs kind of realize too of like, or I mean, the wolves at that time realize, hey, they're feeding me because we have yes. uh, archaeological evidence of from like thirty six thousand years ago, I think it was, of mammoth bones uh, with teeth marks on them. Jesus, from from you, you dogs. Imagine, so we think that you imagine giving fronds <laughs> a mammoth bone. There you go, buddy. <laughs> See you in a week and a half. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> it's like a big thigh there's, bone. Yeah, there's some you can get those at the pet store, you know, with the huge ones. Those are weird. Uh, some of those bones you can get in the pet store looks like somebody's femur. <laughs> yeah. I don't want Diesel getting used to chewing on a femur. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather give him a little greenie. Uh, so what Hopgadoster also says that, uh, so why was it that that humans and these kind of wolf dogs were able to get along so well. Hmm. And she says, well, it's, it's because first of all, they were both apex apex predators that hunted the same types of game in a similar manner. Mm -hmm. They both hunted in groups and they both lived in highly social groups. Mm -hmm. So it was Mm -hmm. kind of, we were similar to wolves already. And so humans in heaven. Yeah, yeah, we were, we both kind of, it just worked. <laughs> it just worked. We were soulmates. Yeah. Amazing. And and the other thing that's interesting is uh, the domestication of dogs is something that didn't just start in one place and then spread out. There's evidence that it was happening all over the world in different See, ways. That, the more we get into anthropology, the more we, the more I'm seeing you're, you're teaching me that the more that happens a lot. Yeah. Like it's not in yeah. one place and then it spreads out. It always happens simultaneously. What's up with that? I think and we that, all have the same, we all have tools. the same DNA. We all have the same brain matter and we're all confronted with the same problems. And you're going to get very similar, you know, solutions to those problems. See, and it's still happening today. Like years and years ago, I created a show that took place in a in a grocery store. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, over in Britain, there was another show that took place in a grocery store. Right, right. And that's why I always think, like with music, <laughs> with music, but I think it's true. I mean, that's a perfect example of it, is like, 
you think you've come up with a, the one sole idea that nobody right. else in the world has ever thought about this idea. Right. And how original is doing a show in a grocery store anyway? You <laughs> People be on like, aren't you pissed? And I'm like, well, not really. I'm yeah. just glad we're yeah. all working. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's not like I, just, I cured cancer. Yeah, yeah. It is, it's ultimate. I mean, you just have to create stuff faster than people will rip it off. <laughs> you just have to just keep creating, keep creating, yes, keep creating. Yes, that you're absolutely right, and that they can't take away from you. You just keep thinking yeah. up stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Although uh, now AI is going to crush it all. <laughs> you can't. That AI can't is going to think of stuff anything. really fast. <laughs> um. So one thing, uh, but what people say is that humans and dogs, they both participated in that. It wasn't just like humans saying, hey, I'm going to domesticate that. Mm. The the wolves kind of had a, a say in that as well, of like genetically and coming up closer. So it was, mm-hmm. it, it was they were both involved mm-hmm. in that domestication. Perfect match. Yeah. They both and, got something out of it. Right. And and dogs and humans ultimately working together came to dominate the planet. <laughs> Basically. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And then I I read somewhere where it was like, yeah, but then, you know, at some point humans it, like every story that you always read about that where like we work together and then at some point they wanted to go off on their own and do their own thing. It's like humans started to see themselves as a masters over for the dogs yes you know yeah we're no longer partners let me ask you this isn't there an arrangement between you and franz that you feed franz (laughs) yeah and take care of franz and then franz hangs out with you how long before franz turns on you if you stop feeding franz (laughs) i know you know what i I mean yeah when does franz go all right i'm sorry but i'm hungry yeah yeah I still feel, even feeding him, I still feel like it's, you know, he's like, I could leave any time. (laughs) Well, cats are really like that because they're like, look, I can hunt. All right. Yeah. So you better give me something, not just give me food, give me good food. (laughs) It better be better than a mouse. (laughs) So we'll move into the cats that you brought them up. Cats are different from dogs because, uh, first of all, cats... Ultimately, we're all descended from the uh, Lehman's Dawn cat, which is called the Proilurus, which was a cat that evolved about 30 million years ago. Mm. And in the well, book, solitary Reve- hunters, right? They're solitary. Yeah. That's the thing. They're not yeah. pack hunters. Yeah. And it, for cats, uh, in her book, Revered and Reviled, A Complete History of the Domestic Cat, L.A. Vossell says that all species of cats today can be divided into three groups. There's the panthera, which includes cats that roar, mm. and they evolved about five million years ago. There is the asinonychi, which only includes cheetahs. And if you think about it, <laughs> cheetahs do kind of look different from other cats. Yeah, you know? they do. Cheetahs are... A little They're weird, weird looking. looking. Yeah, they yeah. are. Uh, and then there's the felinae, which are all other cats who evolved about one million years ago. Okay. And mitochondrial DNA shows that all the world's small cats are descended from just five females. Whoa. That's kind of cool. Is it? 
Wow. <laughs> and aren't we, don't humans come from like seven females, we think? Yeah. Yeah, that's what Amazing. we're talking about. Amazing. Uh, and so Vosel then says that the domestic cat uh, is descended from the Felis Sylvesterus Libicus, <laughs> which is a wild cat that still lives in Egypt. And the Felis Sylvesterus Libicus is actually a little bit larger than than a domestic cat, but it, it's mm-hmm. they're descended from a wild cat. Is that like an like the, the, like you get all these different species? But I always thought that Abyssinians and um, oh, what's the cat that everybody gives that's very Egyptian? Uh, anyway, oh, yeah, they, yeah. They, they 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 they're those are older uh, right, species. Right. Um, you could still go online. I'll try to, I'll post something, pictures of the, these different species on there, but, but it's kind of like, it's a little bit bigger, almost like a bobcat, uh-huh. the, uh, Felis Sylvesterus Libicus. So, but it's well, a, it's a wild cat that's still there in Egypt. What about the coon cat that you, people get those big orange cats that are like, they seem so much bigger. Where do those come from? I don't, I think that's just breeding. That's just it's like just, humans have started take- breeding it. Take a fat cat and mate it with another fat cat. <laughs> Easy as that. Easy <laughs> wow. as that. Wow. Do it. Repeat a million times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, you know, whereas dogs became allied with humans through hunting, uh, you could kind of say that cats became allied with humans through agriculture, meaning yeah. through stored grain. And it's exactly yeah. what you were talking about. It's like once you start storing grain... Then the Felis Sylvesterus Libicus started coming into in Egypt, started coming into the granaries because of, they were attracted by the uh, the mice. Mice, yeah. And and again, it was kind of like they saw a beneficial relationship with humans. Yeah. Um, Still, you go to any farm, there's cats all yeah. over the place. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and. In Cyprus, there's a grave from about 9,500 years ago that contains a human and a cat. Oh, you know. <laughs> and then was uh, the cat, wait a minute, was the cat alive? <laughs> Who died first? Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it did, it, it no, just stay, stay. <laughs> they put the last stone in. <laughs> uh, there's also evidence of cats in Turkey going back about seven thousand years ago. Uh, fifty seven hundred years ago, you have a lot of cats being buried with humans in Egypt. Yeah. Yeah. And then 2,700 years ago, uh, cats became known as like protectors of the granaries, what uh-huh. we were talking about. Yeah. And they also became associated with the goddess Bast, B-A-S-T or Bastet is what Ooh. Bast is also. Mm. And uh, the Egyptians saw that cats were, they were perceived to be divine because they thought that the cats exhibited the, the characteristics of a god. Meaning well, that they—that's true. Anybody who's owned a cat knows yeah. that the cat, the dog, is beneath us, but the cat may very well be in charge of us, or thinks it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what anybody who doesn't like cats has never had one. Is what right. I always say. Right. Once you've had a cat, you really you're like, oh, now I see why they're so amazing. Yeah, and I, and I think it's you know because agriculture didn't come around until about. 10,000 years ago. So mm. you, dogs have been living with humans probably three times longer than cats have. Yeah. And but that's what makes and, cats so great is there's something still wild about them. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like when they look out the window at a bird and they didn't make, do that. <laughs> you know that thing with the jaw? You're just like, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they still like, there's still a part of a cat. I think that's saying like, I don't need you. You know, no, I'm still right. doing you a favor by coming in here. But then they do. Then at night or when you're all alone, they're like, yeah. oh, please. Uh, and, <laughs> and that's like the best feeling in the world. Because a dog will always do that. But a cat chooses its moments when it, yeah. when it wants that. I, I'm, I had a girlfriend who had a, uh, a mouse in her house. And I brought Shecky over just to see what would happen. The next yeah. day the mouse had its head ripped off in the living room <laughs> in one day. And Shecky's yeah. just like, what, what, what did you expect? Yeah. yeah. That's that the end was, of it. That cat was <laughs> a badass. That cat, that cat pushed another cat out of a three-story window. You remember that? Really? Yeah. Grizz. Yeah. Remember Grizz? Oh yeah. I saw it yeah. happen. We were sitting on the couch stoned and all of a sudden Grizz oh. is like looking out the window. And then all of a sudden Shecky comes tearing around the corner <laughs> and literally pushes Grizz out the window. Wow. Wow. Badass. And, and, and shit. And Grizz survived, right? Yeah. Grizz, Grizz survived. Yeah. Broke her jaw, which I guess is pretty common when they fall from big yeah. heights because their legs will shock absorb, but their jaw will still hit it. But she was fine. Grizz came back. I had one of my cats fall out in Chicago, again, in Chicago, a window open, no screens, uh, yeah. fell out from second story. And it, it like his tail was crooked, like his tail, it broke his tail. So they always mm. pointed forward after that. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, so the Egyptians kept house, uh, kept cats as house pets. And Vossel says that because the cat was supposed to be a good mother, uh, Bast, the goddess, and cats became associated with motherhood, children, mm. fertility, and the homes. Mm. There's something uh, female about a cat. There's something feminine about a cat. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. Um, and so anyway, the Egyptians used to actually mummify cats. Jesus. Oh, God. After they died <laughs> or before? Well, probably after they die. And some people think that they did it just, uh, you know, outside of temples for Bast, you would have a bunch of mummified cats for sale. So probably they were just like, there was a business probably mummifying cats to oh, you boy. Know, offer and, up to Bast. And I'm sure they waited for them to die. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sure they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. Uh, and then when the Greeks and Romans came into contact with the Egyptians, uh, the cat god Bast became associated with the Greek god Artemis. Mm. And cats were also associated with Isis, again, a female yeah. god, goddess yes. like you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And Artemis was associated with the moon. So mm. that while the lion was associated with Apollo, uh, the cat came to be represent Artemis and therefore the cat became associated with the moon. Yeah. Yeah. Cats are, cats are nocturnal. They've got, they own yeah. the night. Yeah. Uh, and then also over time, uh, the cat became Hecate, who's the goddess of witchcraft and magic, uh, was also associated with the moon and she was supposed to guard the gate to death and she became associated with cats as well. I think again, like you were saying, because of the night. The yes. Moon, Shecky, uh, Shecky was a black cat. 
with green yeah. eyes and and uh everybody was always saying be careful you know make sure on halloween because uh, you know you never know what somebody will do to a black cat on yeah halloween. I yeah was like really what like devil worshipers what are you talking about yeah well they became uh associated be- because the early christian church again was very patriarchal and so mm-hmm. the, the early christian church tried to stamp out all these pagan cults that were based around female deities and so goddesses that had been associated with the moon then became associated with the devil. Yes. And because cats were associated with Artemis and the moon and Isis, then cats also became associated with the devil. Well, there's like that famous scene, I think it's from Huckleberry Finn, where Huckleberry's spinning a dead cat around yeah. doing some, yeah. for some reason. And that's when they see Injun Joe kill it. I might be mixing up all yeah, kinds of things yeah. here. But I do know that they were they were spinning a dead cat around by its tail. Yeah, well that's uh that's kind of like pe- people just because they were associated with with the devil then it was okay just to abuse cats. And yeah. for, you know, throughout a lot of the middle ages and up through Huckleberry Finn, people would uh just kind of abuse cats. It was yeah. just kind of like something, oh, that's all right. That's okay. Yeah, it's just a cat. Yeah. Um so again, let's just to get to where, so how did dogs and cats then become pets? Mm-hmm. And Keith Thomas says, well, although dogs were everywhere in England in the modern period, these were usually working dogs. So people usually saw dogs were always around, but we're mm-hmm. talking about when did dogs come inside and start being pets? Right. Um, there's also, do you know, they used to use, <laughs> have you ever seen a, a drawing of, they used to use dogs walking on like a little wheel to turn a spit over a fireplace. What? Have you ever no. seen that? Yeah. <laughs> I'll try to find Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's a working dog. It's inside, but it's turning a, a roast over a fire. You know, <laughs> oh my God. Well, there was a, ro- didn't the Romans wipe their hands on dogs? I'd always heard that. <laughs> I'm getting to that because I knew you were going to ask. Oh, thank God. For once and for all. (laughs) We'll get to that coming. Well, I'll I'll wait because I'll tell you when we we get to it. But I knew you were going to ask about that because you Uh, always bring that up. I do. Somehow I heard it somewhere and it stuck (laughs) in my head. So apparently a lot of people heard it because if you search it, it comes up immediately. Like people have been searching it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I won't, I won't, we'll get to it in a few minutes. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, but the idea of keeping unnecessary dogs, meaning dogs that weren't working dogs or dogs right. that, you know, weren't dogs that weren't doing something all the time. Right. You know, uh, it's kind of goes back to James the first of England and royalty. Like mm. the royalty was the first people that started keeping, uh, hunting dogs and like keeping pet dogs inside their houses all the time. Hmm. And there was a, a saying back in the, the only the, ones who could afford it. Right. I mean, <laughs> right, you know, everybody right. else is like, Jesus, are you kidding me? Let's see. Do I want my child to starve or do I want a pet? I'll go yeah. with kid living. Yeah. And, and they say that there were, uh, there were times like back in the 1600s <laughs> where, like royalties, like you know, dukes and, and the, like the king, they would make the tenants raise the dogs for them. You know what I mean? So they would drop off the dog and be like, "Okay, I'll be back in you know, train six him. months." They still do that yeah. today. People in Beverly Hills have pe- other people train their dogs for them, and then yeah. they leave them a yeah. million dollars when they die. 
<laughs> so the the dogs, I mean, but that what you just said was one of the things people used to complain about. They were like, wait a second, the tenants can barely feed themselves. Now yeah. they, they have to feed their dog. Jesus. Uh, and the preacher in the 17th century actually uh, complained, quote, how oft we may see greedy landlords force their tenants to feed their dogs with what should feed their own children. Oh, my God. That's exactly what you were talking Jesus. about. Jesus. I didn't use the word off. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the few times you haven't used the word off. I know. I'm trying to bring that that back and, uh, yeah, oft. 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 And oft. Fortnite, not the game, but, you know, the measurement of yeah. time. Farthing. Uh, Farthing? <laughs> what does farthing come up with you? I don't know. I'd like Do to you have a farthing back. for the meter, yeah. kind sir? Ah, governor, <laughs> you spell farthing. Like, let's see how they go. That'd be that. You know, that'd be some research. That'd yeah, be I'll keep working on it. And I'll see if I can change yeah. culture. Keep notes. Keep notes on it. Well, a journal. I will. We're still uh, going for that dagger uh, <laughs> thing at the bottom of a page, the footnote at the bottom of a page. Yeah, we yeah. want a dagger, goddammit. This would be it. You could you could publish that. We'll <laughs> work on it. We'll work on it. Uh, so Thomas says that, you know, it, in medieval times, dogs were everywhere, though. Like, you couldn't yeah. go anywhere without seeing dogs around. Yeah. Uh, probably because they weren't spayed or, <laughs> spayed or neutered right. you know, yeah. at the time. Well, I mean, have we changed that much? I mean, God, you go to Venice and there's feral cats everywhere. Really? Venice really? Beach, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God, they're everywhere. Uh, and so medieval books of courtesy reminded uh, pages or servants to always drive the dogs and cats out of the master's bedroom before bed. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, Jesus. So. That's like your apartment. <laughs> Get them out. Hurt them. <laughs> yeah, I can say from experience how awful that was. <laughs> Do you remember sh- one of my, I was sitting around one time and I looked and I realized, uh, I started counting my cats and, and I don't know how long it had been, but I just suddenly realized one of them was missing. Oh. And, uh, and so I went and I put up signs all over uh, about like missing cat and stuff. And a few hours later, I get a phone call and it's my neighbor down below me who the cat had run down there. And the only reason they didn't realize they had so many cats, they didn't realize that there was an extra one. They had like 12 cats. Oh my God. (laughs) You know, there is the secret life of pets where we really don't want to know what people are doing with their pets. You know what I mean? There's a whole world of that. A whole world. Americans don't like to talk about that kind of stuff, but there's a whole world going on with people and their pets (laughs) they it kind of like made me feel better then i was like well i'm at least i don't have 12 right (laughs) right yeah kind of cut me a little slack i liked your cats they were sweethearts yeah they were sweethearts most of them were Uh, deaf though right yeah a few of them deaf were all of them deaf they were white no no like three or four of them were were white uh with blue eyes and apparently white cats with blue eyes can't hear Mm -hmm. that's what Mm -hmm. i was told that they can still eat. <laughs> yeah, I know that. What a sign language. What <laughs> a sign language. Uh, and this is getting to what you were talking about. In the books of etiquette, also told guests at banquets not to stroke dogs or cats during the banquet. Interesting. So, Why not? 
because I, it was just considered rude, but it just shows you that the dogs and cats were there. Yeah. Around the tables during the banquets. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so lick, lick, uh, <laughs> lick this food off your hands. So just to get to your point of like, did, did they use dogs and cats as napkins? Dogs go. as napkins? I, yes. I couldn't find anything that they actually like says that they did cut as a custom. But you didn't but, find anything that said they didn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> and honestly, if if they were there and your hands were greasy, you know, the Romans all ate with their hands. Every kid at you? Thanksgiving knows about using the dog to lick your hands clean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I I mean, why wouldn't you? Why why wouldn't you? If they're right there, you would just be like, oh, I'm gonna pet him. But everybody knows you're kind of like really mm-hmm. pet name for a long time. You know That's right. I mean? That's right. <laughs> so, uh, so by the uh, late 17th century, polite society was coming to despise this old way of housekeeping, meaning having dogs and cats just running all over the house. Oh. And so that's when you started seeing where people's, you know, uh, started separating out like okay all <laughs> the majority of the dogs have to go outside but we'll keep we'll keep a few of the dogs on the inside mm-hmm. and it was uh greer says it was ultimately the middle class and their desire to emulate the royalty and nobility that led to widespread pet ownership in the 18th and 19th centuries mm. they just were so yeah we all want to feel like we're we're part of the upper class yeah we all yeah. we all secretly think we are uh, and it was, you know, it was apparently leading up to the Civil War, for example, it became uh, part of people's or young people's training or their education to start being more, they were taught to be more kind to animals. Mm. And the idea at that time was that to become a good person in society, uh, you had to learn how to take care of people, you know, take care of creatures that were less fortunate than you. Ah, so, all the creatures great and small. Remember that, the, that those books about the vet? Yeah, oh, did you did you, did you I, I got watch into some those of those. Yeah, my mom liked him. I watched some of those. And I read where the red fern grows and Sounder, oh. all the whatever oh. those books were. And you know, it, my my daughter put it well. She's I said we were at the bookstore when she was young, and I was like, Do you want a, a book on what about a book on pets? She or dogs or something. And, animals and she's like no they always die at the end (laughs) goddamn genius it's true it's true it's so depressing so So depressing depressing. (laughs) uh so anyway john all the i will one quick thing uh there was no kitty litter back in the 1800s yeah which was something i did Oh Jesus! <laughs> Kitty litter didn't come along until 1947. Really? Uh, My yeah. God! Jesus. And it was kiln dried granulated clay, and it was originally marketed for soaking up grease spills uh-huh. in factories. Mm-hmm. But before like, that, people a had cattle take a poop. In it. <laughs> yeah, some guys like just hey. about anything. Yeah, a guy's working somewhere, and he sees the. Some cat taking a poo in the grease uh, pile of <laughs> grease soaker. He's like, wait a minute. Did your cat, did they, my cats would always go into the box 
Mm. And then like hang their ass off the side. <laughs> so it and was like, yeah, they'd be in there. Yeah, they're... it never yeah. worked out perfectly. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, before that, they use uh, pans of dirt, sand, sawdust, or just torn paper, which Ooh, sounds awful to me. God, so, it's all awful. Yeah. That's the down. <laughs> that's the downside to having a cat. But here's what non-cat owners don't understand: it's worth it. It's yeah. worth it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like people who say, oh, you have a big dog. You have to pick up all that, that big poop. And I'm like, yeah, but it's worth it. That's how good yeah. having a big dog is. You put up with oh, it because wow. it's worth it. Uh, you're starting to sell me on big dogs. Big oh, dogs now, let me right? tell you. Let me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> it's the way to go. I'm going to get you your next dog. I'm giving you Earl. Oh, He's no. pretty big. No. Yeah. I'm Happy birthday. That's always oh, the best God. thing to do to somebody. Surprise him with a pet. Just ring the bell and take off. Ding dong. They have a bow on them. <laughs> Here you go. Uh, so, John, all of this it kind of gives us a background, but it doesn't answer why. Why do we as humans want to keep pets now when there's no actual physical need to have them in our lives? Well, the security still holds true. You know, like I yeah. have a big dog with a big uh, bark and... My next door neighbor had had somebody break in and steal something. Nobody's ever come into our house. You got to think like yeah. if yeah. if I'm a robber and there's a dog barking in this one and not barking in that one, I'm going to go to the one where there's no dog. Just to, why yeah. not? Uh, yeah. And and with cats, uh, you know, when I've had cats, I never had a rodent ever. Yeah. So they're still working for. They're you. still they're that. Still yeah. 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 Um. Part of the thing that like people are like anthropologists have written about is uh, that the rise of keeping pets was a, a middle-class phenomenon in the 19th century. Mm-hmm. And they think that this has to do with industrialization and the alienation, alienation from the natural world that people yes. felt with the industrial revolution. Yes. I, I totally agree with that <laughs> Yeah, because it, people who don't have pets don't understand it. You're bringing in nature into your home, right? You know, right. in a way that, uh, it's hard to explain, but it's, it, it, it's very, um, spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, uh, in an article from 1974, Charles Phineas argued that the image of keeping a pet became a sign of respectability in the mm-hmm. 19th century. So again, okay. it's like, hey, we can't afford to keep keep a horse anymore, for example, but we can keep a dog here in the house. Yeah, and that's still that's yeah. People and then he says purebred dogs to show off. Yeah. Yeah. And it's still kind of going back to that wanting to emulate the royalty or wanting to right. emulate. I get uh, that. And then he says also that urban families turn to uh, the subjugation of pets because the uh, the disappearance of the extended house household. So, again, when people start moving into cities, getting away from the, you know, the countryside where they live with all their relatives and everything, they were alone there in the in the city. And they wanted that feeling of having uh, an extended household again. Okay. So they. Okay. Um, and then it's uh, the rise of pets was also, <laughs> this one kind of gets a little gray. I'm not sure if I agree with. He said it also had to do with the uh, decline of servanthood. So people wanted to, you know, they didn't have servants anymore, or there was a decline in having servants live in your house. 
So you wanted to have uh, creatures that you could that were there to serve you still that you could yell at (laughs) (laughs) that you could boss around. You still wanted to boss them around. Hey, get over here. (laughs) Eat this food that I bought for you. Uh, and, and so he says that pets became surrogate, less expensive children. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> That's true. I mean, that's true yeah. for a lot of people. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, yeah, because he his argument was that this kind of coincided. The end of the 19th century coincided with the idea of adolescence. That's when people yeah. started thinking of about adolescence, because usually... Once you were ten years old, you were out in the factory working. You know, prior right. to right, prior to the end of the nineteenth century, right. And so, right. And so he says, you know, as we have this adolescence and kids can kind of talk back a little more, and kids started having their own thing. Parents wanted they just needed some soothing creature in the house that did what they want them to do. <laughs> God, I can relate to that. <laughs> That's why I walk that dog every yeah. day. He wants to be with me. He right. doesn't just exactly. think, with my kids, I'm just an ATM and an executive assistant and an Uber driver. <laughs> but to Earl, I'm I'm everything. Yeah. I'm his, I, I'm, and, I, he loves me. And, and I kind of, I do understand <laughs> that. And I, and I think a lot of people do get, like you were saying, do get animals because they just want just somebody there, something somebody there. Somebody to like him. Has, yeah. Yeah. And just kind of want to be with them. You know? Yeah. The <laughs> God, that's depressing and true. <laughs> uh, the other thing people talk about is that with animals, we, we kind of humans, we see that there's a, we're all part of this, the entire world. We're all part of the universe, for example. Right. And we want to commune, like you were saying, we want to commune with, with an animal because it gives us some sort of spiritual connection to to nature. It's the it exact thing, same thing as a lawn, you know, having a lawn. <laughs> yeah. It's just to have something alive that's not you, uh, yeah. you know, and to see bugs and see shit. And what's weird is how ironic that the dog and the lawn who are similar, one poops on the other. And then we <laughs> pick it up out of the lawn. What does that mean? After our whole thing of wanting to be part of it, then it's like we want it completely manicured and we don't want the dog pooping on it. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's uh, if you look at like cave drawings again, what we're talking cave paintings, it was all about animals. There was a connection with animals or wild animals at the time. Mm. And and as we modernized and industrialized, uh, you know, this this hypothesis says, well, we we're missing that. We're missing that connection, that kind of uh, idolizing or worshiping wild animals. Therefore we bring in these cats or (laughs) or bearded. What was it again? Bearded dragon. dragon. I had a gerbil once (laughs) as a kid and my cat got into it and paralyzed its back legs. So it just drug its paralyzed back legs around for a while until it died. But we had a, we had all kinds of things. My brother and I found a baby possum and made my mom try to feed it milk and it died. We had snakes and we had everything. We had all kinds of crazy wild stuff. We had, uh, I went out to get the mail the other day. It was pouring down rain and there was a turtle on our front porch. And yeah, like a box turtle or something. I have no idea where, where he came from. And, 
and it was raining. And so we took him and we put him off to the side of the house. I went out there <laughs> like 10 minutes later, he was gone. Yeah. Like he just took off. Yeah. Just He's like, off. and thank you for not killing me later. <laughs> yeah, see ya. <laughs> later. Maybe one day, one day he'll come back and save my life. Like he'll come out, like mm. I'll be almost, I'll fall or, off a ladder and he, he will go. More likely you'll be paralyzed and he'll just come in and take a bite <laughs> out of your neck and look at you while he eats it. Uh, but I think that's what, you know, when you see uh, people at national parks, when they go out there and they try to commune with a buffalo or something. Oh, Jesus. And they come right at him. And then they're, everybody's yeah. all shocked. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when a it's... bear rips off a car door to get your cooler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> people I... are all, What? It's it, but it's, it's nonstop. Like you could go online and see like like people in Yellowstone, for example, mm-hmm. trying to go up and pet a grizzly bear. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you know to try to commune with nature. They all want that spiritual connection yeah. with. Well, it. there was that guy who went to live with the grizzlies and they ate. Oh him. yeah, yeah, grizzly man. Did you read grizzly that book man. or did no. you? No. Uh-uh. I know yeah. how it ends. It's the same thing with all the animal books. <laughs> Only in this case, it's the human who dies. This is a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but, and you know, there used to be, uh, in the Middle Ages, people used to think that animals could could detect, like, like div- divinity in people. Or, like, if you were, like... Uh, I believe that. If, if, my, if Earl doesn't like somebody, I'm like, huh, what's going on here? Really? Yeah. 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 And they can smell <laughs> cancer. Dogs can smell cancer, apparently. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. I think it's, I, I think they could definitely, t- I don't know if they see if, if you're divinely inspired or something. I think that's maybe what people are looking for. I'll tell you this much. If somebody says they've never had pets and never want pets, it's sort yeah. of like somebody who says they've never gotten drunk. I'm like, very <laughs> skeptical. I'm like, what? Why? What's wrong with you? You know what I yeah. mean? They may have a good yeah. reason, but I'm just saying my first response is, huh, you're not like, you're. what's up with you? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. You know, my brother David used to always say, uh, kids, dogs, and old people love me. <laughs> That's what he would say <laughs> all the time. And it was true, but I think he kind of said it for the same reason of like, there's a divinity to that. Or yeah. There's some sort of spirituality to that. He'd always get mad. I'd be like, eh, yeah, but you know, kids, dogs, and old people can't get in the car and drive away from you. I love David. I loved him, but yeah. there was, the, he was, there was, you know, He's you did not, uh, but you yeah. did not want to rub his fur the wrong way. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, was, he was primal. He was primal. But was, that's what know. I loved about him. He was just yeah. like, yeah, they were something he was touched. Yeah. I yeah. love the guy. I yeah. love the guy. <laughs> so, and man, could he play uh, uh, ski? Uh, what do you call it? Foosball. foosball. Fuck yeah! You and him yeah. were unstoppable. He's the best best foosball player I ever saw. Oh, but. God, he could get a double bank in before you know it. Yeah, he played it like a pool. He played yeah, it like he pool. did. He did geometry yeah. involved. Uh, so John, just kind of wrapping up here, uh, it, it kind of came, Nikki Charles, uh, wrote a book, Animals Just Love You, or wrote an article, yeah, Animals Just Love You As You Are, and she says that, you know, again, it's kind of this alienization that people feel in the modern world, and that 
To compensate for this, people turn to animals for companionship and intimacy. Yeah. And therefore, pets provide the existential or spiritual security, which is no longer coming from our relationships with humans, yes. which are fragile, fluid, and contingent. Yes, that's well said. It's unconditional yeah. love. And I yeah. thought when I had kids, I would experience that with them. And I do, but it's me unconditionally loving them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't you feel ripped off. You feel ripped yeah. off. <laughs> they all, go, right now, they're out. They're out. They left. They took some money. They, the two of them are out on the night. And yeah. It's going to be me and Earl sitting down <laughs> watching a rerun of last week's Chiefs game. <laughs> so you understand. This is all speaking to you. And if I'm eating and I'm a little dirty, I'm going to wipe my hands on Earl. <laughs> so, John, Cheeto, I hope it's not Cheetos with all that orange on the on his back. Well, he's a golden. I can't really tell. <laughs> well, you'll have, Earl will have orange finger marks all over his back, and you'll have a bunch of orange fur, fur up, around, up around your lips. And we'll both be happy. We'll both be happy. So, John, uh, just wrapping up, I just want to say, as you're there with Earl, uh, just remember that you guys are participating in a relationship that goes back 30,000 years. And give Franz my best. I will. I will. And I hope, you know, it's, if there's an afterlife, we better be able to take our dogs with us. If if people go on to say, I don't want to be in an afterlife that doesn't have pets, my pets and animals. So. Yeah, it's it's there is an afterlife, and it's been proven by uh, physics physicists, <laughs> you know, that our yeah. consciousness continues on ricocheting around yeah. the ever the infinite forever. Yeah. But I don't think we're aware. I think we just become a part of the soup. <laughs> well, <laughs> but somewhere there will be fronds. Maybe a fronds yeah. molecule, a piece of energy, oh. some string theory will bounce against you. And fronds, yeah. and you, and the two molec, the two energy molecules will go, whoop, and you know that'll be that. <laughs> you know, I keep telling him that if there's reincarnation, next time I'll I'll be his dog. I'll come back <laughs> his dog. Yeah, that's the better of the two. Yeah. Franz has got the better end of the deal. I, I think so. I think for so. sure. All right. Well, this right, was John. wonderful. Wonderful. Well, this is uh, human number two signing off. And this is human number one. Thank you so much for listening to us. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did and found it interesting, please tell a friend about it. And also, uh, don't forget to check out our Facebook and Instagram accounts. We we have extra supplementary uh, materials that go extra along credit. with each of the extra podcasts. credit. Yeah, <laughs> extra credit. Yeah, <laughs> you'll get a boost on that final exam, which is coming up. It is. The final exam is coming up. And uh, just thank you again. And just remember, don't forget to to say hello and go cuddle your pets. Yes. So anyway, you don't thank have you any, very much. Everybody. Go go adopt one. It'll do you good. <laughs> yeah, go, a, a bearded dragon. Go adopt a bearded dragon. <laughs> there you go. So, all right. All right, everybody. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Bye.